I, I tell you, sometimes like the lines between reality and fantasy blur. I'm watching Anderson Cooper in the crawl along the bottom of the screen. How is this news? The, I mean, this is the truth. The Pope bumped his head when the Pope mobile came to a sudden stop when the Pope asked to greet a child in Cartagena today. How's that news? <laughs> you know, it's like, the Pope. Oh, sorry. He bumped is his he head. Okay? Is he okay? Yeah, he, bumped, it's like... he, he bumped his head. Yeah, he gave, he blessed oh, himself and the... he was fine. Yeah, yeah. He Crazy. touched himself and he was healed. <laughs> no. Touched himself. No. That chronicle concerning the mundane, weird, and maybe even sometimes dramatic happenings of a simple fantasy baseball league. This podcast captures the thoughts and musings of Greg, Joe, Jack, and Tim, four of the 10 owners in the league. This is episode 26 entitled The Ghost King. Welcome, Bockers, to episode 26. That's right. We've been doing this for half a year. Scotty, good to have you on. How are you doing tonight? Great to be here. I am doing well. Thank you, gentlemen. G-Bone, how are you? I'm great. Hello, hello. Safe and dry. We're missing Joe and we're missing Jack. Both are being impacted by Hurricane Irma. Uh, just a quick update, Bocker Nation. Uh, Joe is okay. Last we heard, he's been sending us... Rather boring photos. Something about a slightly bent tree in his backyard. Overgrown backyard situation. And some raindrops, but I hope he's doing okay and that all is well in Orlando. And Jack, pressured by uh, three beautiful women in his life, his wife and his two young daughters, really convinced him to get the hell out of Jacksonville. He is now in Mississippi. I think it's a partly cloudy day, right? About 72 degrees. Is that right, Greg? Sounds right, but isn't it really more perilous to go to Mississippi anytime than even to leave <laughs> hurricane ravaged any other state? That's just my thought, but whatever. Yes, I agree. You know, the fact that Joe was trying to be on our podcast uh, through a Category 4 hurricane and Jack sniffing the flowers in Mississippi but somehow can't make it on the call really says a lot about someone's commitment, I think. I think there should be an unwritten rule about it when you're able to attend, right? I think so. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that Scotty stepped up, though, and said, look, I'll suit up. 
I'll come in. I'll help out with the hosting. Uh, you know, talk about commitment. This guy's taking it all the way to the limit with his team. And he's also taking it all the way to the limit with the podcast. It's better, frankly, to have a winner than those two losers. You know? <laughs> but I will say that Mikey, whom I've texted back and forth with today, could not join the call. Again, in a Category 4 hurricane. Now let's get to the game. So, Reardon Metal and Jack's Wax Packs. Reardon Metal just kicked the shit out of Jack's Wax Packs. I mean... What a boring game from the very beginning. I think but on Wednesday, I was like, oh, my gosh, is uh, Jack's going to get over 20 points this week? Well, how cruel is fate, too, that uh, Joe's winning total is going to surpass either of the totals of the World Series teams, too? <laughs> Poor Joe. He, I mean, he was crushing it for, like, the entirety of the season. And in the playoffs, he had that two-week dry spell. Not only that, but had he scored, had he just lost one more game, or had Scotty just scored a few more points, I think it was seven and a half points more in the season over 19 weeks, it would have reshuffled. Joe would have been playing Jack, and Joe would be in the World Series right now. And I would have the pleasure of beating Jack in the battle for the basement. Is that yeah, how that right. would work out? That's right. That's exactly where you'd be. But no, that's not happening. I will say that the Dodgers just suck. <laughs> What happened to the Dodgers? The Dodgers are horrible. They are just absolutely horrible. If I hadn't traded Blackman to Jack, he would have no dignity left. Like, I clearly did a solid for my friend in giving him Charlie Blackman. I'll tell you, I was in L.A., as you know, last week. I was in Orange County, and I was reading the L.A. Times, the actual newspaper every day. You remember the old paper that you would buy? My father-in-law gets it delivered to his house, and I was reading... The front page every day, there was something to the effect of this year's Dodgers, are they the greatest of all time? And meanwhile, <laughs> I was ripping Jack and having the, having the best week of the playoffs for me. So uh, really enjoying the collapse of the Dodgers. And sorry, Jack, just had to throw that out there. And welcome, Scotty Swagger. All right. I love it. Um, I think what we're saying is that this game sucked. It's the loser's bracket anyway. So let's move over to the real game. The World Series, and right now, Omission Commission trails lethal injection 48.75 to 50.1. That is less than the 1.5 points that was awarded to Mikey as the home team this week. So we're going to keep an eye on this game as we go on, but I would like to find out, Scotty, you know, here you are duking it out in the first game of the best of three World Series. What's it like to be Scotty right now? It's great. I am thrilled to be in the World Series. I'm humbled right now and excited. It's been a frustrating week. I've been battling from behind all week, and mm-hmm. today I had a great day. So yeah, you did. I'm kind of living minute to minute right now as <laughs> as the scores go up and down, and that 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 gap has shrunk. I think I was behind like four and a half, five points when I woke up this morning. So to have closed the gap within a point and a half, and to come down to the home field advantage, it's tough. It's a tough week. My team's doing well. I'm optimistic. I think my outlook is positive. I made a couple of minor drops and pickups today to maybe bolster my week next week. Happy to be here. Are you feeling sad that you put Taylor in instead of Benintende and could be winning right now if you had put <laughs> uh, of high Bru- HQ in? Bru- and Mazzara, I think, is the other one, right? Yes. I think I've got a couple guys on the bench that, you know, I was playing the numbers. I'm like, I, I, I feel like I've gone to the algorithm and gotten a little bit out of my own model, and it's been a bit of a frustrating week. You know, I wanted to talk to you a bit about that because – it seemed like earlier on you had, especially in your in your series with Jack, you were making a lot of player moves, and I, I didn't know with those player moves if, in fact, 
they were moves you were kind of really doing a lot of statistical analysis on? Were you saying, hey, I'm playing with house money. Let me just kind of go with my gut. How, you know, how are you going through it? What's part of your preparation? I, I'm not asking for any of the secret sauce, but I would like to have some insight, uh, as I would think Bakker Nation would like some insight as to how you make those those choices. Well, if you look who I left in, my number one was mistake was leaving in two Dodgers this week. So I went with the projections provided by CBS Sportsline, and mm-hmm. it was to my detriment this week. I was anxious. It's the World Series. I didn't want to ca- be caught flat-footed over information that I wasn't aware of. These guys on paper were looking hot, although they were not playing hot in prior weeks. I thought maybe CBS knew something that I didn't because I've been I've been traveling. I've been on the road. I've been on vacation. I was in Phoenix this week for work, so I needed a little bit of support, so I, I left it to CBS. And I'm not blaming them. It was my choice. Right. Uh, but uh, I, I think I didn't follow my gut the way I have been throughout the season. And that was that's on me tonight. Now, in the past. So if you're you know getting into the World Series, building up what, you know, an impressive record throughout the year. Is this the same way you do it? Did you look at their projections or was this something that you would, you know, kind of have your own projections? Or you, mm-hmm. I know you'd look at like games of the week. You've talked about that, that that's something you look for. So yeah. number of at bats is important. But what about. You're saying that do the travel, do the vacation. In this case, you really did kind of move a little bit away from your method. Is that is that true? And will you change it for next week? It is true. I'm going to definitely spend a little bit more time tonight looking at the week, looking. What's missing here is who's hot and who's not, right? right. That's what I think CBS doesn't have in right. their system. And I went based on projected at-bats, projected results based on year-to-date trends. I didn't apply my final filter, I guess is what you would call it. My Okay, this, this is what the numbers say, right? Um, but I need to go in there and tweak it according to who I think is really playing well and who might be improving. So, I mean, we talked about it before we got on the call, right? Judge, having a resurgence. Right. Definitely someone I've struggled keeping in the lineup, but I, I know there's power there. I know there's just yeah. incredible point ability and we saw come back this week so that was very exciting yeah you you stuck with him throughout the, all the playoffs I, don't, I think he's one of the few players that did not sit your entire time is that right well just look he had a seven and a half set almost a seven and a half week this week so yes i i don't think i've sat him for weeks um i don't know how you sit judge he's still i think he's still number one two or three and if you look at different stats um depending on the stat mm-hmm. if it's ops he may be number one in OPS for the seasons. Well, we've given him a lot of shit about not adjusting that the league is adjusted to him. It took them a while. They were throwing the pitches, you know, east to west. Now they're moving it up and down, north to south. And it seems like over the last week or so, well, certainly this past week, I think about 10 days, that he has started to click again, that he has somehow made an adjustment to what the pitchers are throwing at him. And that's pretty exciting because, you know, a guy with that ability to hit the ball to take a walk and to launch it when he touches one, uh, you know, it to me, this could be a special player for years to come. I think that, I think the lesson here is twofold. Number one, you're a very shrewd trader. And number two, everyone should trade with Tim because he gives away talent. Like it's, you know, cheap. Um, you know, let's not even talk about Devers and what he's been doing over the last uh, six, seven yeah, weeks in yeah. the major leagues. How has your relationship to the daily results changed? Do you look at your phone a little more? Do you check the scores a little more? Are you paying more attention to Major League Baseball overall, or is it pretty much business as usual for you? Oh, I've definitely been picking up my phone more over the last <laughs> six to ten weeks. I mean, it's just been a progression where, yeah, I was checking it. 
um, daily for sure to kind of track my results and look for my injuries. Uh, but now I'm watching way too much. I'm on my phone way too much, uh, <laughs> trying not to get caught at work, right? I need to be focused on my work while I'm there, but I definitely <laughs> scan the, my scores between meetings as I'm walking down the corridors of my building. So good for you, man. Good for you. What have you learned this year? So, well, if I look back at the season and say, what, what did I learn? It's, it's be ready for there. There's this pivot that occurs at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And um, it's before the playoffs start. Of course, it's before the trade deadline. There's, there's this quiet momentum that builds and all of a sudden there's a frenzy that takes place. And mm-hmm. I was, frankly, I was unprepared and, you know, we talked about that in prior right. episodes, but um, that's my big takeaway is uh, both sides of that equation. Um, if I'm in the run, I need to move quickly. And if I'm not in the run, there's also tremendous opportunity there. There, the, the market, it's like you're walking through a town that's really quiet, and then somebody throws up 20 market stalls all of a sudden, and you know <laughs> it's like a pop up, pop up mecca, right? right and right. you've got to get in there and make your trades because those those pop ups are going to close down and move on to the next town. So you've got like 15 minutes to to catch it and and to make a deal. So I think that that is my huge takeaway this year. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. I never really thought of it that way, but it is. If if we were to look at the just your offensive players, not is there one thing that you you would change about your team? Honestly, I would change very little. And I think to that point, the analysis that I haven't had time to do that's on my list, mm-hmm. and maybe I'll do it after the season, is if I were to go back and analyze the combined scores for all the games. If I took pitching out of all of those equations, yeah. how would I have ended up from a scoring standpoint? And I. I think with a roster of half no names and half anticipated rookies or young guys, I think I did pretty well with a roster that averages around 24 to 26 years old. So Mm -hmm. I am very pleased um, with how these guys perform this year. And I'm very excited about what they're going to do in the next couple of years. And I I think that I've got some guys in my minor league that are positioned very well. So I'm going to have some trade opportunities, I think, over the next couple of seasons, whether it's needing to trade for a pitching staff or trade for, you know, that one position that I'm feeling weak in. uh, I I think that I really wouldn't change much this year. I think the only thing I would have changed was would probably be to have been to make a few more thoughtful roster decisions just about who I had in and who I didn't. That makes perfect sense. And then if we took a look at from a pitching staff, as you go into next year, you're going to be, unless you make some trades, which you you, you very, well, very well may and, and be able to pick earlier. But as it sits right now, you have the ninth pick. Yeah. What would you be looking for in a pitching staff? Well, one thing I learned this year about the pitching staff, it's not just how good the pitching staff is. Because when you look at the Cardinals pitching staff, their stats are really strong year to date. I mean, they're one of the best pitching staffs. But they have the whole win-loss problem. They don't put enough points up on the board on the offense side. So right. that's where they're getting hosed. It's a very strong staff. And I think I was a little blind to that. I was thinking I was a little overconfident. And I was optimistic. And they did a great job. But, I, I, again, I think I probably went a little deep on their, their ERA and some of the stats that are pure pitching. And I didn't think enough about total game stats for the team. So I think that will impact how I look at pitching staffs next year. Um, and how I draft for a staff. I, I definitely want a, a staff with a with a bench of strong bats as well. I mean, is this something where, yeah, if you start to think about, hey, if I can get in the top five next year, uh, is it worth, you know, getting some young talent and, and securing that 
just the opportunity to pick up a staff. It's absolutely worth considering. Given the age and the productivity of my team, there's a ton of opportunity over the next couple seasons, and I got to strike while the iron's hot. So I may have to get aggressive about making sure I've got a good pitching staff. Certainly if not next year in the one or two years following that. At some point, given the investments I've made in my team and the age and their progression, I need to pull the trigger on making another World Series run. I was just going to make a comment. As a born contrarian, I've been loving the podcast this year because you guys have been wrong about a lot of shit. (laughs) Glad to have done our part to get you into the World Series, Scotty. (laughs) Yes. Let's go ahead and take a break, refill our beers, and I'd like to come back and talk about beer with Scotty. A lot of you may not know in Bucker Nation that Scotty, well, Scotty likes his fucking beer, and he's pretty much an Oregon beer snob, and so I think we should uh, maybe sit down and listen to the master and talk about some of his favorite brewers and uh, maybe favorite brew types. So, um, Robin Young. <laughs> He's my favorite brewer. Right, exactly. Uh, All right, we'll talk to you later. Welcome back, Bockers. And as I said earlier, Scotty is someone who likes his beer. I got to tell you, every time I go over Scotty's house, he says, what do you want to drink? I said, whatever you're drinking, because he always lays something in front of me, A, that I've never heard about before, and B, that is delicious, with the exception of Double Mountain, because I always say yes to Double Mountain, uh, and an Nkasi. I mean, those are two that I know are high on your list, Scotty. But I was hoping you can kind of share a little bit. You've been out here for five years now. You've always liked beer ever since I've known you. In fact, a a funny little story is I actually gave up drinking for a little while, and uh, Scotty was the one that got me off the wagon. So um, I so appreciate this. It's actually a true story. I, I, I was traveling for work, and Scotty and I worked together, and we went over to the bar next to the office called Nottingham's. Nottie's. 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 And we're, we're sitting there, and we're talking, and uh, we, we, we get up to the bar. It's kind of a happening night. It was kind of a cougar hangout joint. Like So basically, you know, two <laughs> young studs here. Both, well, I was married at the time. You weren't married at the time. I'm still married. Whatever. This, boy, this sounds, this is getting more interesting by the second here. We, we yeah. get up to the bar, this, was, this well-known uh, cougar hangout. We get to the bar, but it was really our hangout because it was like 27 paces from the back door of our office. So it literally was like right behind our office. We're there, and I'd been doing a lot of traveling and trying to get healthy, and I was really worried that I had been drinking too much. So it's, you're on the road. It's so easy to fall in that pattern of just throwing them back. I order my O'Doul's, and Scotty just looks at me and says, you know, <laughs> no one ever trusts a guy that doesn't drink. And I was like, all right, give me my Bud Light. <laughs> so, or whatever the fuck I was drinking then. Well, it's one thing not to drink, but it's, it's. I mean, how pathetic is it to drink non-alcoholic beer? It's the worst. I mean, I mean that that's just, that's the, uh that's just, that is uh, untrustworthy. <laughs> apparently, you know, apparently, I mean, like, yeah, you know, apparently it yeah, is. Yeah, I, I love to drink. I love the taste of beer. Uh, you know, oh, duels, God, uh 
curse those people. Well, the look of disgust on Scotty's face, you know, when he told me that nobody trusts a guy who doesn't drink. Frankly, those are words that have stuck with me forever. Um, so, Scotty, what's what's the you know have you is there a brew that you're really geeking out on right now that maybe we haven't heard of or maybe it was something that you know you've come on recently that you really like? No, I can't say there's something new and striking. Although you mentioned Double Mountain a yes. few minutes ago, uh, incredibly an incredible brewery. They put out very consistent, high quality beer. They've they've had an, a number of nice runs on IPAs this year. They they make quite a few different IPAs, and as you know, and Greg may not know, I'm an IPA fan, and I like my IPA and my pale ales. So right. that's pr- primarily what I stick with. Uh, I do like pilsners, and I like Guinness Stout, and I like a number of other random beers, but my measuring stick is the IPA. So right. That, and that's how I discriminate between, you know, a, a solid brewery and something that I don't want to try again. Mm-hmm. So I would say that Double Mountain is, is a brewery that puts out um, consistently great new IPAs, and there's always something new on the shelves from them. Uh, and they've run a few good ones this summer that I've really enjoyed and then Nincasi is my other like standby you mentioned that my house beer <laughs> um they've they've got a couple of, of beers out this year that have been real mainstays a nice pale ale this summer which is a little bit gentler on the head if you're gonna have more than two so <laughs> yes Ninkasi, double mountain but you know i'm a breakside fan um i like pelican i i'm i have a personal rule and and i'll share this with you and, and and Greg and all those in Balkan Nation that in the world now <laughs> and the world as Tim and I were talking about like North Korea and Iran I think that's probably where we're, our fan base resides by the way okay this is kind of creepy but yes uh, Scotty that that mm-hmm. was some of your best writing by the way that was great imagery so the, the text you sent me uh, maybe I could read it uh, for for Balkan Nation however while I'm pulling up the text I can actually see what countries are downloading Atlas Bach. I would love to see that. I'm so curious. Uh, well, it's been exclusively United States and Canada until <laughs> until yesterday. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. The, it was downloaded four times in the Russian Federation. Oh, oh, we're gonna, what the fuck is the Russian Federation? They're preparing to launch a hack assault. We're going to get hacked. I think it's well known that we are not that popular. I mean, Steve Phillips steals our shit. But he's taking it and doing it his own. It's not like we're getting credit for it. But the the idea here is that you know why would why would we try to why would four people in the Russian Federation? What is the Russian Federation anyway? Like I I, I was like geopolitically, who the, who the fuck are they? It's the is it the, Russia? Is that the, is it USSR? Yeah, it's Russia. Russia. It's a conglomeration of countries that replaced the USSR. You know, there was the certain republics who left and, and became independent, but then. All the all Russia and all of its loser flunkies who decided to stay with Russia became the Russian Federation. So we had four, and then we had one from Finland. Yeah. So very they're interesting. Se- they're secret Soviets in Finland. Yes. <laughs> Back to the beer. So I, I, I've been to quite a few of the little breweries and tasting rooms around Portland. Uh, do you have any favorites in the area? Yeah, I think. I, and Tim, you've been to Lompoc with me that's a great brewery yes um of course rogue is right probably down near your office Mm -hmm. greg that's a classic and it's a brewery that has not sold out and so it's it's a combination of principles and beer for me yeah what do you mean by that what do you mean Rogue hasn't sold out what does that mean 
as far as I know, they're not part of the Bud the Budweiser oh. Miller Bush, whatever you call it. I don't know what you call it. What it Factory beer? Factory beer. Yes. There are brewers here in Oregon that have sold out to kind of big time companies. Oh, quite a few of them. And I don't that's great. I support that. You know, have your I support li- selling out. Have your liquidity <laughs> event. That's great. But at that point, I want to take my dollars and go support the local brewers. So that's how I feel. You know, Ten Barrels a great example. Great brewery out of I think the Bend area. Yep. They opened up a beautiful brew pub down across from Rogue downtown in Portland, um, down the Pearl area. And mm-hmm. uh, I can literally see them from my window right now. It's a beautiful place. Have you, have you been there? Great. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, when I, uh, when I first moved to Portland, I, I, um, I met and dated for several months, a very lovely young lady who happened to be, uh, don't take offense to this Scott, but a beer nerd. <laughs> and so she, I mean, for an Irish boy like me, what a better girl to meet, like, who was like, hey, how would you like to spend days just w- stumbling from beer room to beer room? I was like, where have you been all my life? <laughs> Talk about a siren. Holy shit. And I didn't think it'd be possible for her to, like, you know, get so pedantic about beers that I found it uh, obnoxious. But she did. God bless her heart. You know, she really knew her stuff, but there was... Like so much about beer that I just didn't need to know, but I now know. Number one, thank you for dropping that bright line into the conversation because I enjoy beer and I like drinking a lot of it, but I am not pedantic about it. I like to sample and drink, but um, I just want to ultimately have a good time with my friends and family. So, do you yes. know about lacing? What I, is that? Where you, you know about PCP? lacing? That's where you put PCP on your pot, isn't it? (laughs) I wouldn't know about that, Scott. But as it pertains to beer drinking, that is... Okay, so if you have a glass full of beer, you take a drink of it, and the the liquid level is now less than the top of the glass. The foam, like the little tracks of foam that are uh, uh, clinging to the side of the glass above where the liquid is, but, you know, obviously below the rim of the glass... That's called lacing. And like legs on a glass of wine. You know what legs are in a glass of red? No, not really. Uh, just I think like it's the, the same thing. You swirl mm-hmm. your wine glass around or you take a sip, and it's the wine that kind of comes down in lines on the inside of the wine glass. They call See, it legs. This is, this is what non-Irish people do to ruin drinking. They get overly intellectual with it. <laughs> you know, I just want to get, uh, I just but get it, fucked up. Forget about my life for a few hours, you know? <laughs> Wrong with that. No, but she would talk about, oh, Greg, now uh, observe the lacing on this glass. Now you can see that, you know, and then she would get rattle on and on. I mean, this gal, she would buy bottles of beer and she had like a, a war chest full of like rare and vintage beers that she would then mail to other beer friends around the country and they would in turn mail beers to her. It was quite a scene. So you just but, uh, you weren't really looking for someone who loved beer. You were just looking for a fellow alcoholic. I was just looking for a, a cute girl who could tolerate me. And you know, and I thought, <laughs> oh boy, jackpot when she said, I'm into beer. I was like, okay, good, me too. I'm into beer too, honey. You know. But uh it was a whole looking. different definition of what that meant. I'm sensing this relationship did not end well, Greg. Can you give us the final blows? <laughs> 
anyone, if anyone, do, oh, oh, suddenly his feed just, oh, here he is. He's back. He's not back. He's shaking yeah. his head. Oh, he just clicked oh, out. Oh, look at that. Oh, he's back. Oh, he's up. He's back. He's. It's like he's in Orlando. Yeah, exactly. Oh, in there the... you are. So I think Scotty was asking. Yeah, so if... she... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. No, no, you... no, no, that's good. Well, well, he, he'd asked. He said he didn't think this ended well. My, so I'm the... guessing. I'm guessing. I'm purely <laughs> no, guessing. It, it, okay. Actually, it didn't. <laughs> It, it didn't actually. Well, I mean, okay. Uh, so, so Greg, I want to go back to something you said a little bit earlier. I'm just you struck yeah. on something I'm I'm very curious about, and that was you 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 kind of played it as you have a like a pro forma or a standard text breakup method. There was something <laughs> to that effect. Um, <laughs> Can you provide any context to that? I'm well. I, I mean, literally. Okay. If I, well, a if I wasn't married, I would want to know the script. And B, I'm just curious because I'm curious. So. Uh, uh, well, I, you know, luckily, I mean, I'm not dating any gals in the Russian Federation. It would be real spicy. <laughs> but, uh, but um, uh, well, I mean, obviously, uh, I don't, uh, except for one time, you don't just break up with somebody, you know, out of the blue, you know, with no warning. Um, you know, so things aren't going well. You have arguments. Uh, uh, you know that 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 the precursors that normally uh, happen, but I'm I'm a, in my old age now. I'm a little more quick to decide that no, nope, this isn't going to work. You know, basically, if you're having multiple arguments with somebody in that first three month kind of honeymoon period of a relationship, it's doomed. I mean, not I'm not talking about little arguments, but regular arguments about just things that you're diametrically opposed about. So you know, on the heels of those arguments, I would text something to the effect of hey listen you know i you know an apology i i'm sorry for the for the part that i played in this disagreement you know it's you know it's not something i enjoy i, I and this is true like I, I one of the things i hate most in life is is drama and uh like unsettled this and and so i would say hey you know what honestly um i think you're great you're you're definitely entitled to your own opinion but I just don't think that we uh, are on the same page about a lot of things. And uh, at this point in our, in our relationship, um, you know, I think we should be more on the same page. So um, I'm going to go ahead and say, let's, let's stop seeing each other, something to that effect. And of course, then you get a response or the phone rings or something like that. And then you, you, you know, for me, it's, it's not about, like I said, last week's podcast, they, they want to, dissect your decision and um and and ask for further explanation and it's just like hey listen i'm a grown man suffice to say if i've made this you know i'm not asking you if we should do this i've decided that we should do this and so that's it you know yeah good good for you hey i'm impressed greg that's that's awesome because no one wants to be the bad guy and yet nobody wants to get dumped right so you're you take ownership of that and that's pretty cool so kudos well i didn't always but i used to i used to go into hiding you know what i mean like i would uh back before cell phones and so forth i would just avoid people for weeks at a time you were you you were the you were the original ghoster that's right that's right whoa that's a move no that's right ghosting that that's exactly right yeah uh i was describing uh i think i was describing this very beer girl relationship to tabby of all people 
And, uh, and, I know and she was, I know. Yeah. Right. And she was like, uh, you ghosted her, dude. And I'm like, what does that mean? She's like, oh, you don't know what it means to ghost somebody? And I was like, no. <laughs> and then she described it. And I was like, oh, my God, Tabby. I've been ghosting people since probably before you were born. You know, that's been my move for the longest time. You know, you just disappear. But it was so much easier just to disappear before there were cell phones. I just would stop answering my phone. And my, my roommate would answer the phone. Like, oh, no, he's not here. Done. And look, he just ghosted us. Look at he that. ghosted he just us, disappeared. That's oh, he's bizarre. Okay. Yeah, sorry. You just, you just ghosted, ghosted us. Greg. He did it again. Look at that. There was one time, and I was much younger and far more immature, that <laughs> I was dating a girl, and we hadn't had any of those arguments. Uh, and I did like her. She's a great girl. But then, uh, because of work, I was told that I had to move. Not told. I was offered an opportunity to move from Cincinnati to Denver. And I thought, yeah, this would be good for my career. I hear Denver's great. Um, and, and, you know, I had been dating, I'd known this girl for a while, actually. We'd been dating. Uh, but you know, it was kind of that in-between phase. Like I wasn't ready to, you know, take it to the, Hey, let's move across the country together. You and me against the world. Uh, and I, you know, God, just the thought of a long distance relationship in those days, is just impossible. So I, gosh, I had such good intentions Tim. I really <laughs> intended have a mature conversation and say, Hey, listen, you know, I hate to say this, but I've been asked blah, 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 but I, I couldn't do it. And the days passed. And then it was, I'm moving in two weeks. And I was like, Oh gosh, I really need to tell this girl. Oh, no. And then, you know, Greg, you no. know, but then there was like, then we had some great plans and I was like, Oh, I don't want to ruin these plans with a heavy emotional, oh, no. you know, uh, thing. So then it was like, oh, God damn, I have a week. It was like the Saturday, <laughs> like the next Friday. And I was like Saturday night the week before. And I was like, oh, my God, I need to tell this girl that I'm moving. <laughs> this is terrible. But then the days just started clicking off one after the other. And it was like Thursday. And I was oh moving God. the next day. And the movers were kind of have a lot. And the movers were coming the next day. And, uh, you know. Ah, she was like, oh, what are we doing this weekend on the phone? I'm like, oh, well, whatever. I'm open to anything. Oh, no. And then the movers came Friday. And I left. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Never did tell. Dude, you are the ghost king. That yeah. is like, that's epic. Greg is the ghost yeah. king. For now, sure. I, with, now, with time, you can laugh about those things. But I mean, that was a terrible thing. And I never did, you know. Who knows? Maybe she, you know, came to my apartment and knocked and thought that I'd been murdered or who knows, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it wasn't because I was just so insensitive. It's because I'm too sensitive. That's the problem, Tim. I, well, I, and I actually, I could see that. I could, I totally get it. Uh, thank you, Greg. Uh, we sure. lo looks like we lost Scotty for a bit. I think he's got to put uh, his youngest to bed. Let's take a, a little break and we can come back and finish this podcast up right now. Tennessee If I don't send for you Best not come for me Jordan 23 Guarantee you're gonna wanna leave with me I got that la 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 Pull up, pull up, pull up Straight from Tokyo You cannot believe it when we come through My God You look good today My God You look good today Back up, back up, back up Do it slow 
Stuck in a relationship you need to get out of? Looking for a way to avoid the tough conversation? Need to run from the mob? Call the Ghost King. He will help you get lost without a trace. Call 1-800-G-E-T-L-O-S-T. That is 1-800-G-E-T-L-O-S-T. The Ghost King has been ghosting people since before you were born. He knows all the ways and methods. Even ninjas seek him out for help. I was in a horrible relationship and needed to get out fast. I called the Ghost King and he helped me disappear overnight. I owed my bookie a lot of money and needed to slip him fast. I called the Ghost King and he saved my ass. So if you need to fade in the crowd and not be found, call the Ghosting now. Ghosting now. Welcome back, Bockers. And you know what, Greg? I was thinking we haven't talked about the Pirates for a while. What's on your mind with the Pirates? How are they doing? I mean, it's it's small news in the grand scheme of things, but it goes towards my larger narrative of the Pirates and the mismanagement of the Pirates. <laughs> Where you know you know Juan Nicasio, former uh, starter, now he's a relief familiar. pitcher. Yeah, okay. He's 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 a Pirates relief pitcher, and he was their setup man this year. He had a really good year, leading the National League in appearances, ERA like two eighty five, right. whipped. You know, uh, strong. He's really good, and so uh, he's he's going to be a free agent next year. He had we had him on a two year contract, not for a ton of money either, and the Pirates so strangely last week designated him for assignment put him on outright irrevocable waiver what and so immediately uh he was picked up by the phillies and the press in pittsburgh was all over our general manager like you know can you explain why you just dfa'd your second best relief pitcher who's not making all that much money right and the pirates general manager was like well i admit it was an unusual move but we put him on revocable waivers because we were interested in trading him to a contender in the American League. And when one of our competitors here in the National League, and they're, they're laboring under the delusion that they were still relevant in this race this year, when we put him on revocable waivers, one of our competitors in the National League uh, expressed interest in him. And we, don't, we didn't want to see him going to one of our competitors in the race. And so we thought if we put him on, uh, we DFA'd him, put him on irrevocable waivers that that other team could claim him. And that would be better for Juan because we thought he's a good guy and he deserves to play on a winning team. But we didn't want to have him on a team that conflicted with us, which is all bullshit. I mean, they were trying to save like $675,000 or the rest of his contract this year, which is in peanuts for these guys which is, it's such a stupid thing. So what happened was, of course, the first team who was able to pick him up by waiver wire rules was the Phillies. They picked him up, and then they turned around and traded him to the Cardinals, who was the team that wanted him. So now he's on the Cardinals staff, and he's good. He's really good. (laughs) So he's probably helped Scott this week. But that just goes to show what team. I've never heard of such a move. Where they, you know, I mean, and what a what a bullshit story. I actually wrote to the Pirates when this move happened. <laughs> I wrote them an email, and I and I think I signed off by saying, you know, to to their general manager and to their owner, like, can you please go away? And that was like my my <laughs> firing my my and I wasn't vicious. I was like, can you just please go away? You know, and so then so then the then the the GM went into the narrative saying, 
well, you know, we've, we've concluded that, you know, we're going to give some younger players an opportunity to play and that uh, we really wanted to see what some of our AAA relief pitchers could do in higher leverage situations, which there could be truth to that. But if, if they're really, if their intention then is really to see what young players can do in meaningful actions for, so they can plan for next year, why the fuck are they still running John Jaso out the right field every day? <laughs> you know, we got like a 24-year-old power hitter on the bench, Jose Asuna, who's not great, right? But he might be, you know, he might be a, you know, we're talking about is this guy a viable fourth or fifth outfielder in the majors for the next few years? But no, still today they're running out John fucking Jaso, <laughs> a catcher converted to first now converted to left and right out there on a regular basis. They are such idiots. And then they just gave Hurdle, who I'm sick of now, and uh, and our GM, Littlefield, four-year extensions. Oh, God damn. And it's, and it's like, you know why? Because they're like co-conspirators. You know what I mean? Uh, they're going along with the program. You know, I feel like the owner's like, you know what, I've, 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 I fully brought these guys into the loop where they understand how to speak as if our interest is winning, even though they know the truth that our payroll is never going to be higher than fifth from the bottom of the league. And we're going to release good guys so they can find their way into winning teams. <laughs> oh, so obnoxious. Sometimes, sometimes you can be in a team that it becomes okay to be the lovable loser. And that's what it sounds like. They like this leadership team at the pirates, they're not scrapping and fighting and, and doing everything they can to make it work. They've just become resigned to the fact that, eh, you know, we're not, we're not going to be able to compete. This isn't our year, but to not take an asset, like you said, and to leverage it appropriately. Right. That's bullshit. Uh, Scotty, uh, welcome back. Scotty, do you see the nationals winning the world series this year? I don't know that a team from D.C. can win anything in the postseason at this point in time. Definitely not the Capitals. Yeah, I, I think I would just agree. Who's to disagree with Scotty? He's in the World Series, and I'm not. Can I ask Scotty one more question? Um, and I, I, I know you're a Capitals fan. I know you're a, te- a fan of many baseball teams. Yes. What's your Who's your football team? I'm a Skins fan, unfortunately. Oh. And I, everybody <laughs> lost this weekend. The Skins, oh, the Fighting brutal. Irish, my oh. team. It was a brutal weekend. And even my secondary football team, of course, because I'm allowed to have one of those because I live on a new coast, is uh, is the Seattle Seahawks, and they lost today painfully to the Green Bay Packers. Um, So yeah, are you a pretty big Notre (laughs) Dame? It's pretty shitty weekend all around. Uh, yeah, because the game's over. Yeah, are are uh, you a pretty big Notre Dame fan? Yeah, my dad, my uncle went there, so Um, and I'm taking my uh, my son there. You know about um, their. their quarterback prospect, Phil Jerkovic? I do not. I have so, not kept up with so the recruits. He, he's he's a high school and se- high school senior this year. Um, and he's pretty highly rated pro style prospect and, and he's Notre Dame's kind of prized quarterback prospect for next year. Uh, he goes to high school in Pittsburgh and his dad and I were friends in high school. His dad. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And yeah, so my- what's your what's your outlook? What do you know? What's your inside dirt on is he's Jerkovic? good. Is that Jerkovic? Yeah, Jer- Phil, Phil Jerkovic. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, he's good. Um, he's a highly rated pro style prospect. And, uh, what school does he go to? Pine, Rich, Pine Richland School District in uh, suburban Pittsburgh, which is actually where my daughter uh, went to school before she moved out here, out, moved out west with him. So he's good. He should be pretty good. Good Catholic boy. Wanted to go to the old Fighting That's Irish. Right. That's right. From Pittsburgh. That's PA. right. He a big kid. Uh, yeah, he's skinny, but he's, I mean, you know, he's probably 6'3", 190, 185. You know, he's, yeah. he's got some filling out to do. But his dad, who I went to high school with, is probably 6'4", and still in good shape, and probably, you know, 6'4", 225. Like, just a big, big, strong guy who played football for my high school. Phil's probably one of our, Phil's probably one of our 50 podcasts listeners phil my ex-derby girlfriend and putin that's who's listening <laughs> right the fuck the russian federation for christ's sake yeah. i was like what the hell like what the like the, dimitri the medvedev he's right. plenty of time right. hey i just found your boy phil jerkovich number yeah. 10 quarterback prospect yeah uh, for 2018 yeah pine ridge gibsonia pa yeah. he is He's listed at six five two fifteen, so he's not. Oh, he's bigger than guy. Yeah, no, wow. I'm five inches shorter and fifty out, fifty pounds heavier. <laughs> <laughs> what am so I in the dad bod prospect power. rankings? Yes, uh, uh, you know, coming out of my you know thirtieth year of profession, like what's where's my ranking on the you know dad bod rankings? Right, prodigious. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a prodigious belly, that Moscato. <laughs> His they only rank, they only rank the him. top. They only rank the top twenty-five. Right. Again, sorry. What, what would that? What would the prospect day look like for dad bods? Right. Like, would would it be your ability to sit and watch TV for four hours without even moving? Like your ability to stay motionless. Your ability to eat ten thousand calories in a sitting. That would probably be one. Right. Like, you know, could he do that? Tim's belt can't stop him. It can only hope to contain him. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, so we've got the NFL prospect camp on, right? What is that called? Prospect day or something like that. Mm. So what would, what would that be? So what, like what type of like, you know, approaching 50 dad, right? Like what, what type of, how would we compete? He like slept 14.75 hours in a 24 hour period. Yes. Okay. The ability to sleep. That's good. That's he, good. He avoided as many chores as possible around the house but, over the course of Saturday absolutely. and Sunday. Absolutely. Being a total slob and still having a gorgeous wife that does shit like that. That would absolutely be yeah, high. That would the right up. High HQ pretty... for a wife, right? Like that's a <laughs> high yeah. HQ for a wife. Exactly. Exactly. Carbs, uh, his, his uh, cal- caloric intake for the, the measurement period was uh, 87.8% carbs. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of think, man, you know, unhealthy lifestyle. Although, Scotty, you're buffing in shape and got a nice high and tight haircut you don't even look the part dude dude Come as long on, as they man. keep making double x shirts you'll be fine bro <laughs> these xls are looking a little tight yeah they're looking a little tight big and tall shop for you big and tall shop more than the big not the tall but anyway um gentlemen thank you scotty thanks for stepping up and uh being a part of this tonight uh, Greg, I know you had some challenges with the internet connection, but you still oh. fought through it. Um, and uh, as always, this is fun. Scotty, I, I'm sorry you lost this week, but you got two more games. You get the one and a half points, and uh, you know you just got to win two out of the next two. 
Thank you. Shout out to Joe and Jack too. I hope they're well. I hope everyone's well. Mikey, everyone down in yep, Florida. Pops, think, think, Chris. Thinking about Pops and Chris, yep. all those guys. Ooh. Hope they stay dry. Me too. Me too. All right, brothers. We will uh, talk to you later. Thank you again. Have yourselves Thank you, a wonderful Tim. evening. Yep. Yep. Thanks, you are Tim. Hemingway. I'm looking forward to it next time. <laughs> Good night, fellas. Oh, <laughs> Greg, you're our Andy Rooney. Thank you. You ever notice? <laughs> what the heck? Why, if you have to lick a stamp, why does it taste better? <laughs>